Good morning, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast, The Endurance of Labor Laws. I'm your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan, and today is episode 236, and today we're going to start talking about NASA. This is probably going to be a couple episodes long because there is a lot of information that is to, I guess, to be discussed about NASA. So very interesting here. So this is part one, and we will just keep going until we cover as much as needs to be covered on this, and even then we probably will not have covered enough. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to time this so that way I'm only talking 10 to 15 minutes at a time because this is such a dense topic but a good topic and I think people do need to be aware about NASA and how important it is and the pros and cons and things of that nature. But let's go ahead and dive into this. So again we're going to talk about NASA and this is part 1 of this little mini series. And NASA stands for the National Aeronautics and Space Administration. Um it is an independent agency of the United States federal government. Uh, responsible for the civilian space program so it's not military it's civilian although they typically do get i would say probably air force pilots and things of that nature to help out with projects and sometimes to be the astronauts for that so it, there kind of is an overlap but this truly is a civilian space program and it is an independent agency but within the United States federal government and so it is responsible for the civilian space program as well as aeronautics and space research NASA was established in 1958 succeeding the National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics also known as NACA. This new agency was to have a distinctly civilian orientation encouraging peaceful applications in space science. Now, very interesting here, this is during the Cold War. So this is post-World War II during the Cold War and this is also during the baby boomer generation when a lot of babies are being born and things of that nature. So they're they're kind of going towards oh let's all be friends let's all be peaceful you I mean that that's a nice goal but even squirrels don't get along so just be aware of that um since its establishment most united states space exploration efforts have been led by nasa including the apollo moon landing missions the skylab space station i've never heard of skylab i guess i'm ignorant on that and later the space shuttle nasa is supporting the international space station and is overseeing the development of the orion uh spacecraft the space launch system commercial crew vehicles and the planned lunar gateway space station i have not heard of that um the agency is also responsible for the launch services program i'm not aware of that which provides oversight of launch operations and countdown management for uncrewed nasa launches very interesting there nasa science is focused on better understanding earth through the earth observing system i don't know what the earth observing system is um advancing I think it's heliophysics. I'm not sure how to pronounce that word. Through the efforts of the science mission uh, Dictorates, I think it's heliophysics research program exploring bodies throughout the solar system with advanced robotic spacecraft such as New Horizons and researching astrophysics topics such as the Big Bang theory, which is total bull. It's just a theory. It's not real. Hence, it's a theory. um through the great observatories and associated programs I do like observatories I think we do need to have those and those go back several hundred years so that's nothing new that's not something that um is only relevant to the United States observatories technically they were founded by super rich people gosh probably 500 600 if not more years ago cuz typically it was the rich the elite the educated um professors philosophers that had access to that type of equipment that was modern for their day and time. Um so a little bit of background here just a little bit says NASA of course is headquartered in Washington DC. The abbreviation of course is NASA. 
They were formed July 29, 1958. So again, um post-World War II, beginning of the Cold War in regards to that. And also there was a a space race basically because we wanted to get in space before the Soviet Union, aka Russia. So there was a race to discover things because we do like to be competitive, but but we don't want have Russia. We don't want Russia to have a upper hand so to speak. Again, the preceding agency was the National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics, and that was the agency from 1915 to 1958, so it was nothing new per se. In terms of agencies, this is a space agency, so fairly new considering how long the United States has been a country. In terms of its jurisdiction, it is under the jurisdiction of the United States federal government because it's not based on your state, it's based on the federal government in terms of its jurisdiction. And the motto is this sounds so socialist and marxist for the benefit of all. So it sounds nice, but um do you really want your enemies to benefit from things? You know what I mean? Like just think about that. Like we're not socialists, we're not fascists, we're not marxists, we're not communists, but yet they have this motto for the benefit of all. So be, be careful about those things. Motto's matter. So just be aware of that. They do have an administrator and a deputy administrator. I'm not going to get into that because it changes. Um There are different primary spaceports. There's the John F. Kennedy Space Center. There's the Cape Canaveral Space Force Station. Um, let's see here. Oh, there's Cape Canaveral and then the Space Force Station. I guess that's two different things. And then Vandenberg Space um, Force Base. I'm not sure if that's all one word or two different things. It's kind of combined. In terms of employees, as of 2020, they have 17,373 uh, employees. Now their budget is ridiculous. This is ridiculous and excessive. Their budget for 2020—that's just an annual budget. Meaning these are monies that they are just given willy-nilly by the Congress. It's basically a blank check. In the year 2020, they received 22.629 billion dollars, and that's billion with a B. So that is very much ridiculous. So they're getting almost 25 billion dollars per year and it's just kind of like what are they doing with it? I understand that anything to do with space and aeronautics can be expensive, but they need to find a cheaper way to do this stuff because that's what happens in the private sector. Like you find ways of making things work better so you're not using up as many resources and it doesn't cost as much money. It's not all about money. It obviously is about technology and safety, but those things need to work together. So, because problems can happen even when you're spending too much money, which is typically what's happened with NASA. Um so moving on, in terms of a little bit of the history here, it says beginning in 1946, the National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics, also known as NACA, NACA, I guess that's how you pronounce it, began experimenting with rocket planes such as the supersonic Bell X-1 in the early 1950s. Uh, there was a challenge to launch an artificial satellite for the International Geophysical Year of 1957 to 1958. An effort for this was the American project Vanguard. I've never heard of this. After the Soviet space program's launch of the world's first artificial satellite Sputnik on October 4th, 1957, the attention of the United States turned towards its own um space efforts the united states congress alarmed by the perceived threat to national security and technological leadership um known as the sputnik crisis urged immediate and swift action uh president dwight d eisenhower counseled more uh deliberate measures whatever that means with that the result was a consensus that the white house uh, forged among key interest groups including scientists committed to basic research the pentagon which had to match the soviet military achievement corporate america looking for new business and a strong new trend in public opinion looking up to space exploration what's interesting 
is that, again, you have to take some of these things with a grain of salt. There were some people that were very much for space, uh, space exploration, excuse me, and there are some that were not. There are some that still to this day do not believe that we actually landed on the moon. So kind of strange how some people refuse to believe facts and data, but that does happen. Uh, moving on, it says, on January 12, 1958, NACA, NACA, organized a special committee on space technology headed by Guyford Staver, or Stever, however you pronounce that last name, And on January 14, 1958, the NACA director established a national research program for space technology. Um, it says, while this new federal agency would conduct all non-military space activity, the Advanced Research Projects Agency, also known as ARPA, was created in February 1958 excuse me, to develop space technology for military applications. So very important there, because I do think the military should be involved in these things. Because typically the candidates that you're going to find to do space exploration are typically going to be uh, military personnel because they have the courage and the guts to do so. Um, typically civilians are not the type to go out into space unless um, you know, they have a whole lot of money and it's just like a vacation or something. But it's not for space exploration. It's not for that type of endeavor. Not against rich people going out into space. I'm just saying that it's a different mindset. It's like when, you know, say for example, someone wants to go to Haiti for vacation. You know, it's different to go somewhere for vacation as opposed to being a missionary and spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. Like, you know, it's the intent, it's the mindset, and things of that nature. Uh, moving on, it says, on July 29, 1958, Eisenhower signed the National Aeronautics and Space Act, establishing NASA. When it began operations on October 1, 1958, NASA absorbed the 43-year-old NACA, um, which is a government agency. It's 8,000 employees, an annual budget of $100 million. That's ridiculous, even for back then. Three major research laboratories, let's see here, and two small test facilities. Elements of the Army Ballistic Missile Agency and the United States Naval Research Laboratory were incorporated into NASA, a significant contributor to NASA's entry into the space race with the Soviet Union was the technology from the German rocket program led by I can't pronounce this guy's name, Werner von Braun, kind of interesting, um who is now working for the Army Ballistic uh, Missile Agency, which in turn incorporated the technology of American scientist Robert Goddard's earlier works. I have no idea who these people are. Um, earlier research efforts within the United States Air Force and many of ARPA's early space programs were also transferred to NASA. So everything that um, had to do with space basically was transferred over to NASA once it became a federal agency. Even though it is an independent agency, it is still a federal agency. Uh, in December 1958, NASA gained control of the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, a contractor facility operated by the California Institute of Technology. Very interesting there. Now, the California Institute of Technology, they've done quite a bit. We might do an episode about them as well, um, just to go over the different things that they have accomplished and the things that they have contributed to our society and to mankind in general. But here's the thing. California is still a screwed up state. So surprisingly, sometimes they do... Still have some good research and things of that nature, but it's few and far between. Um, but we are going past just a little bit of 10 minutes, so I want to stop there because otherwise this will go on for well over an hour. So I just want to do this in small segments. But for now, I will go ahead and end this podcast. But as usual, until next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy, and whole, that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. God bless and bye-bye.
fragile sphere Hang on every word Yet no one hears us speak So it's only left to ask It's changed to quite a task From the smallest steps Waves transform the earth Thank you.